First City Focus is supported in part by First Vincent Savings Bank, a community lender committed to making loan decisions locally, online at frsb.net. Good Samaritan, a regional health care center offering a variety of services from primary care to same-day joint replacement surgery and more. Good Samaritan, online at gshvin.org. Duke Energy, powering the lives of its customers and communities, online at duke-energy.com. And by Vincent's PBS members, thank you. Thanks for tuning in to First City Focus. I'm your host, Nicole Carey. On this episode, tis the season to shop local. The Knox County Chamber of Commerce is helping local businesses maximize their efforts this holiday season, while also planning for an upcoming competition that will give middle schoolers the chance to test their civics knowledge. We'll visit the PALS Adaptive Riding Center in Monroe County to learn how they're harnessing the therapeutic power of horses to help a variety of people. Lincoln High School's JROTC program continues to teach students the importance of service throughout our community. And South Knox culinary students are learning how to manage a restaurant. We'll go behind the scenes of their breakfast and brew. Don't go anywhere because we have these stories and more right now on First City Focus. The holiday season is always a busy one for the Knox County Chamber of Commerce, and that's especially true this year. That's because among the many events and campaigns they continue to help organize, they're also preparing to host a large civics competition in the spring that will award the top students cash prizes and the chance to compete in the National Civics Bee next fall. Here to fill us in on all the details is Executive Director Jamie Neal. Thanks for being here. Thank you. So we're going to talk about this exciting Civics Bee here in just a minute. <laughs> but first, it's the holidays. Yes. Um, I feel like you're the campaign chair running through the community, reminding everyone, shop local. Absolutely. Um, how How is it faring up so far this season? You know, that's always our, our topic or our campaign for the year, shop local and support our local organizations. So far this year, it's been great. I think everyone has embraced it in the past and they're following straight through in 2023. So as a lot of our businesses have started their holiday open houses, they'll continue for the rest of the year. So we just encourage everyone to get out, support our local organizations and support our local businesses. I think as the chamber, um, especially you at the helm, you're doing a great job of getting more businesses in, mm -hmm. in, enveloped into the chamber. How is the chamber here to help support uh, local shops and businesses as they mm -hmm. try to figure out how to capitalize on the holiday season? Right. That I mean, through promotions, through marketing, you know, that's always the easy the easy go-to for us to help get their word out, but also is just uh, the collaboration piece, helping the businesses work together to capitalize the most that they possibly can. So seeing that um, happen is really satisfying because a lot of them will take it upon themselves to do that. And I think it has really uh, developed over these last few years. I know um, as we're recording this, um, 
you're getting ready to host the first Taste of Knox right. County. Mm-hmm. Um, great concept. Can't wait to attend. <laughs> um, what went into the concept of bringing this, uh, an event like this to Knox County? You know, we started it honestly a couple of years ago during COVID. Another way to help our restaurants flourish and just talk about the great restaurants or the specialty shops we have in, in our community. So we didn't do it as a vendor type event. Um, we did it as discounts, but this time we're ready. We're ready mm-hmm. to really open up our doors and to highlight those restaurants and those other eateries in our community. So we're excited. We have about 11 businesses that are signed up and we hope to grow it for next year as well. Okay, so if anybody didn't get in on it this year, <laughs> they've got a chance next year. Absolutely. Um, and I know um, coming up in December, uh, you've got the first city Chris Kendall Market mm-hmm. and Festival. I know you're on a you participate in a committee that's right. helping organize that. Mm-hmm. Last year was the first uh, event time this event was hosted, correct? The, yeah, and they've done a great job. They've added more things this year. The committee is working really hard to make it that true first city, I guess you could say, uh, Christmas event to have that first city mm-hmm. feel. So they'll have a lot of vendors there as well as some different food booths. Um, and it's, they're different food booths. So mm-hmm. they are the kind that are homemade, uh, mm-hmm. homemade, um, items. So Ann Pratt is in charge of that event and she's doing an excellent job and I'm really looking forward to it. How do you feel, um, downtown is really kind of making, uh, the holidays and just turning mm-hmm. around kind of our community here, that anchor here in Vincennes. You know, you've seen over the last several years how our downtown businesses have really flourished. They have really embraced um, that small entrepreneurship and they've done an excellent job. So going into those holiday seasons, they're starting to decorate their uh, their businesses and they're really starting to get ready for that holiday. So as always, we need to make sure that we're supporting our local businesses. So get out, support local and support our lo- local organizations as yeah, well. Absolutely. Well, I know um, as I talk to staff here <laughs> at uh, VU Broadcasting, I cannot believe that the year is winding down. We're already planning out events for 2024. And that's where this civics competition comes into play. The annual National Civics Bee, it's planned for fall next year. Mm -hmm. How did the Knox County Chamber of (laughs) Commerce get involved to host one here in in Vincennes? First of all, we're very excited, very honored to be able to host our local competition. We we were chosen. Uh, We have our connections through the Indiana Chamber and some of the other things that we've done with them. And they have reached out to us and asked if we would be interested. We're excited to say that we're the only Southern Indiana Chamber that is hosting a local competition. So not just Knox County students will be here um, on the campus at VU. Mm -hmm. It will be all students in Southern Indiana. So we're we're excited for Mm -hmm. that to happen. So... What age group are we looking at for this competition? Sixth, seventh, and eighth graders. Okay, and and what do they have to do to participate? Well, to get into the competition, they have to write an essay talking about something that's happening in their community, how they need to talk about maybe an issue and how they would solve it. Then we, in our office, we generate a panel of judges, and out of those judges, they will select 20 essays. And those 20 students will come to campus on um, April 13th to do a in-person Q&A mm-hmm. and just ask, answer some civics questions. Okay. Um, I know 
there's somewhat a feeling um, that today's younger generation mm -hmm. just really doesn't understand right. how government works, how mm -hmm. different civic engagement needs to be um, handled um, in our communities. How do you think an event like this kind of addresses that issue mm -hmm. or maybe reveals those that really do shine in right. this area? That's the exact reason why this competition was developed by the U.S. Chamber. Um, I think what it's going to do is going to open their eyes to more than what they're just learning in the classroom. They're going to have that one-on-one -on -one personal attention with writing the essay and then preparing for the questions that will be asked. So I'm hoping it'll give them some newfound um, ideas and mm -hmm. maybe it'll excite them and maybe they'll want to get involved in their communities and really help uh, grow. Okay, so the application is mm -hmm. live right now on Correct. the Chamber website, mm -hmm. and maybe teachers out there can encourage their students. Um, it would be a great, uh, the essay would be a great uh, class project right. and assignment. Um, and then the application closes in January? Correct, January 8th. Okay, all right, so there's time that, to uh, write that essay. That's Do right. they have to have the essay when they apply? Yes, so okay. they'll need to fill out the application, send in their essay, and then again, we have a panel of judges. Some will be local judges, mm -hmm. some will be out of the, out of the county, um, and they will select the students. So we're hoping we can get about 100 essays submitted throughout all of Southern mm -hmm. Indiana, and then we can select the top 20. And hopefully, one of those will be from our Knox County area. Okay, absolutely. So the applications are live right now. They close on January mm -hmm. 8th, and then the event is hosted here at Vincent University on April 13th. That's right. So it'll be here before we know it. <laughs> I know. All right. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you. For the direct link for your middle schooler to sign up for the upcoming civics competition, you can visit our website, vincennespbs.org. Well, imagine changing lives one hoof at a time. People in Animal Learning Services Incorporated, or PALS, is doing just that. This adaptive writing center offers a variety of services for people with disabilities, veterans, senior citizens, and at-risk youths, all while developing a connection with horses. Nicole Cardano-Hillary and Dave Novak show us firsthand the therapeutic power these horses have. See that gold circle? Mm -hmm. Perfect. All right, and go around her head really wide. Historically, Native American tribes forged spiritual bonds with horses, believing there was a healing power and a link to the supernatural realm through these amazing creatures. That healing power is being harnessed today by the PALS organization. Tucked away in Monroe County, just east of Bloomington and I-69, the Adaptive Riding Center promotes healing through interaction with a number of horses on site. Chris Herring is the executive director of the Adaptive Riding Center. She says the center is a result of one woman's vision. PALS has been a part of the Bloomington community for 23 years. Um, our founder, Fern Goodman, started the program when she identified a need uh, for folks with disabilities for outdoor recreational activities. Um, she pursued uh, getting her certification by going out to California and brought her knowledge back here to start our organization. All right, let's hold him still while everybody gets ready. It's okay. He's just moving his hair. This writing center is unlike your regular equine facility. PALS has the capability to adapt to a variety of different people, facing a range of life challenges. One, two, three. Good job, Reed. We serve a, a wide variety of uh, ages uh, and folks with social, emotional, cognitive, and physical disabilities. 
Uh, we also serve, we have programming for um, certain special areas or groups like veterans, senior citizens, at-risk youth, and also addiction recovery. Program director Helen Seek is very hands-on with the daily operations. She says the impact this facility generates is not just for the clients, but also for those who are willing to help out. Lots of opportunity. Um, as a nonprofit, we rely on our volunteers to be able to um, provide the service that we give. Uh, and uh, the best way to get involved is the website. Um, it's going to get you right to the right person. It's going to describe all of the positions. But we have a pretty um, extensive training program where they come to an orientation, tour the barn, learn about horses if you don't already already know about them uh, and how to be around them to um, if you want to be someone that just cleans up around the barn or maintains it with us. The staff and volunteers get to see the horses in action as well as witness the transformation of those who are part of this program. Okay, then you need to pull back and say whoa. Good job. Riding isn't the only way that horses can contribute to our lives. Even just interacting and connecting with them, they're wonderful mirrors of our behavior. So we have a lot of ground classes and some of our riding classes where we use the horse to help teach kind of human interaction in a really soft, not therapy way. Um, and it's amazing watching that kind of click on for a population or an individual that was struggling to understand that when they do this, that affects the person or the horse in front of them. And, and those are moments that you really see this like amazing progression of um, their selves. All the horses at Powell's have extensive training, which prepares them to interact with a wide variety of clients. These horses have the power to create a bond with each individual, no matter if they're on or off the horse. We go through about a month to a month and a half uh, checklist approval program where we get them used to the environment here. It's very different um, therapeutic riding um, than even a lesson barn um, where the horses need to be able to handle stressors that they wouldn't normally handle. So we need to make sure, uh, number one, that the horses will handle that in a healthy, happy way. Uh, so they'll enjoy being touched all day long. They'll be okay with someone who whose movement isn't um, calm always. Uh, and the other part of it is um, we need to confidently know if they are stressed or if they have something that startles them, what their reaction is naturally. We don't want to put a horse in a situation um, that is going to be dangerous or unsafe for them or us. Through the magic of horses, Pals is changing lives. Which color is your favorite? Green. Green. I like green too. We are a very open and inclusive um, organization. We welcome everyone from all walks of life. Uh, we have a, a scholarship program for folks who may be financially this might be an issue. Uh, so doors are wide open for anyone who'd like to come and connect with horses. So I welcome you. That's Hell River Walk On. For First City Focus, I'm Nicole Cardano Hillary with photojournalist Dave Novak. To learn more about Powell's Adaptive Writing Center, follow a link on our website, vincentspbs.org. Well, community service performed by local teenagers may sometimes go on without much recognition. However, some Lincoln High School students are proving their dedication to our community through the school's Junior Reserve Officers Training Corps, or better known as JROTC.
Videographers Dave Novak and Adam Reinhardt join reporter Parker Green to show us how the instructors and students bring the program to life. Lincoln High School has been building its special extracurricular programs for its students over many years. The Junior Reserve Officers Training Corps, or JROTC, is a highly respected section of these programs. The program enables students to gain a greater understanding of a military mindset and how to apply it in their everyday lives and actions. The course is designed to span across all four years of a student's high school career. Brian Deckard is the instructor entrusted with the JROTC program. He says the structure of the course is simple. It's designed for the students to start by learning the basics. From there, the students continue to build upon their knowledge each year, introducing new avenues for leadership along the way. As the students progress, they can earn a higher ranking and role within the program. The curriculum itself also advances, so by the time a cadet goes from freshman their first year through four years their senior year, they're in charge of the day-to-day functions, extracurricular activities, and events that we do. So I'm more, and my partner's more, of just in the background, making sure they're on point. Um, and it, it takes them through everything from the basics, like I said, of, of an army, all the way up to running a small unit or a small company. Deckard works with the students, instructing them through their curriculum, teaching them to become leaders inside and outside of the classroom. We have a class leader and an assistant in each class that we have, each period of the day. Uh, once they're set and have everything ready for me or the, and the other instructor, we come in and teach. But other than the instruction piece, the cadets lead the program. For the last 15 years, students in the program have been busy working in service at a variety of community events in Vincennes. Deckard says the involvement in these events helps them to develop a sense of public service while also increasing awareness of the JROTC program. Uh, we, we do a lot of volunteering uh, with the Indiana Military Museum. We work two or three events a year and half or several years, whether it's parking, uh, assistance with the elderly getting from one spot to another, um, and it's part of our curriculum. It's, it's within what we need to be doing to help develop the program and grow the program. While the JROTC is not solely intended to be an avenue towards military service, there is a great number of students who do choose to go on to serve their country after being a part of the program. Every year we'll have as many as one year we had nine out of a senior class, and then sometimes we have just one or two. Many of the students in the program, like Javelin James, feel they have been positively affected through their involvement in the program. Oh, absolutely. I have learned that it is hard to be a leader and that it is very important to understand your people in order to be sufficient in your job. And I think that applies to really anywhere that I could go in the future. And some students, such as Kyler Durham, find that their social skills have greatly improved since joining the program. But now... I need to always be speaking up for myself and always be there to advocate for myself. And it has helped my confidence so much. It's just a massive growth boost. And socially, too, I have to talk with people every single day. I have to learn persuasive techniques, how to handle conflict with two people that uh, need to be at the same place, same time, but they may not like each other. So that helps tremendously. 
The Lincoln JR OTC program continues to grow as more students become inspired to enroll and become a part of a program that puts life skills and community service at the core of its teachings. For First City Focus, I'm Parker Green with videographers Dave Novak and Adam Reinhardt. To learn more about the Lincoln JROTC program, just visit our website. Well, most high school students might not know the first thing that goes into operating a restaurant, but that's not the case at South Knox High School, thanks to family consumer sciences teacher Susie Nawaski. Students enrolled in her culinary course are learning every step of the process, and once a month, their restaurant is open for business. Come along with me as I visit South Knox to get a first-hand look at Breakfast and Brew. Welcome to Breakfast and Brew. What can I get for you? It's a trial and error process, so it's kind of since it's hands on, they're learning on the go. So far, I've learned how busy it can be just running a restaurant and how chaotic it can really be. Definitely surprised me how busy we would be. I didn't think this many people would want to come and just see how, like, what we had to offer. And so we've been stacked with orders, and it's just something that we've had to deal with. Does it look like what you ordered? Yes. <laughs> I tell them at the beginning of the school year that they have to end up in the green. So that's kind of a little, little scary for them because we start out in debt. So everything requires their equipment and all that stuff they have to buy. They go in the red very fast, and then they have to make it out. And so that makes them nervous, but it really doesn't take long for them to make it up. Ezra. We've divided them into groups, so we have a marketing team, we have chefs that are kind of designated for picking out the recipes and stuff like that. We have the service, there's four, we broke them into four groups and they, they kind of plan, they do the menu and financials and all that stuff, so we spend about two or three weeks at the beginning of the year and trial and error. So, you know, we want waffles. We try like four different waffle recipes and decide which one we want and we critique it. So a lot of trial and error and just critiquing and making it perfect. an extra opportunity for a different lunch, so they love it. So always kind of curious of what, what restaurant concept we're gonna have this year. So I think a general excitement. Did you get your coffee? Yes. How is it? Great. Very good. What do you guys think of this uh, be going on during school? I like it. It's definitely a good experience. Do you wish it was every day? Yes. yes. Enjoy your coffee. Thank, Thank you. you. Well, so the first year we opened, it was in COVID, so it was a different concept, so we had, wasn't able to do really the community thing, so the last couple of years we've been able to add curbside pickup, so this year we've really funneling with it, so Braden's keeping pretty pretty busy on the curb, so that's exciting, so, and then we deliver to SKE, so it kind of gets us, gets us out there a little bit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
And when it closed down, we joked about buying the Burns store, but I probably, realistically, this is probably it, just changing our concept every year. So the first year we were Italian, um, then we went to another diner, a chicken and waffle concept, and then last year we were Mexican food to um, focusing on brews this year. So I am tasked to do the coffee, and I just love drinking coffee, so it was something I just really wanted to do. What's the secret of making great coffee? I don't know if there's a secret, but we just try and do our best with it. I mean, I think if we did this, if we turned around and did this concept next year, I don't think the student body would be as excited. They like change. So I think, you know, I've had students that are seniors now that have ate at every restaurant. What's the secret to a good breakfast burrito? Um, I like to put a lot more of the sausage and bacon on it than anything else. Like a meat lovers. Yeah, exactly. I do have some that are kind of in, looking into culinary. So we actually visit VU. Um, so then then they can kind of see what um, Chef Bill does there. And so hopefully I've got a couple every year that kind of do it. But a lot of them is just good hands-on experience. This will definitely help me in the future because this is something that I want to do when I get older and I enjoy doing it now so I hope I enjoy doing it when I go to learn about it in college. <laughs> is that what you ordered? Yep. How does it look? Pretty good. Enjoy. Super proud of them. So, I mean, I, see them succeed is, is worth it. So, I mean, see them learning and fixing problems. I mean, so it's very rewarding. So, that's why I'm here. Breakfast and Brew will be open for business again on December 7th. You can find their full schedule for the remainder of the school year on our website. And now for our final focus. There are several new faces at the Pantheon in Vincennes. It's all thanks to a new mural painted by artist Randy Hedden. The mural features Red Skelton and Edwin, along with an audience made up of iconic stars, as well as some local community members. And that's all for this edition of First City Focus. For everyone here at Vincent's PBS, I'm Nicole Carey. Join us again next week. First City Focus is supported in part by First Vincent's Savings Bank, a community lender committed to making loan decisions locally, online at frsb.net. Good Samaritan, a regional health care center offering a variety of services from primary care to same-day joint replacement surgery and more. Good Samaritan online at gshvin.org. Duke Energy, powering the lives of its customers and communities online at duke-energy.com. And by Vincent's PBS members, thank you.